Hello and welcome to the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast. This is where I come in. Oh, as you know, we've, I've been having co-hosts on while Victor's been mowing his lawn. Not a euphemism. So now he's back. Victor's back. Is this thing on? Is well, I've already forgotten how to record the podcast. I have to remind myself of what we're doing. But uh, I'm back. Yes, I'm back. Welcome back, Vic. Um, Thank you very much. Start, you should have seen his face, and he looks so disappointed. And his dark smiley face. Many thanks to co-hosts, Mr. Drisky, Mr. Soul, and Sean and Jim of the Pie Factory podcast for holding the fort while you were away. They did a good job. Such a good job, in fact, that I think that you've been replaced. Been replaced, been fired for my own podcast. <laughs> Thank you very much to those people. Um, they sort of kept you in line. So I'll let you off the leash a little bit. I had to have words with them when I last saw them about that. Yeah. But thank you, everyone, for taking my place for the past three months. I was listening. I was keeping an eye and ear on you, Holly. Yeah. <laughs> and I did tell you off as well, didn't I? When mm. I saw I saw Sean and some other friends, uh, Sol and Tony Dan and lots of other people, at the Nerg show recently. And tell everyone why I told you off, Sean. Why? Yes. I can't, I can't remember. Well, why? It's to do with the addenda and the errata. Oh, yeah. Addenda and the errata. Errata Yes, on the, last, on the last show, Pack and Paint is nothing to do with Pac-Man. We'll talk about Pac-Land, won't we? Yes. It's a Crush Roller Make Tracks clone from Zakaria and Kurile. I should have known this because it was in Arcade Club Berry for a while. And yeah. I had to walk past it like 100 times. That's because you are a twerp. Yes, I thought he was going to say something else beginning with TW then. I'm going to have to beep it out. Twit. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yes, a trombone. That's what you are, sir. Mm. <laughs> well, we've both been up to similar things, haven't we, Sean, recently? Yes. So in July, it was only flipping Nerg. That's what. Um, yes. What did you do there, Sean? You were with me half the time. Yeah, I played a lot more pinball than I normally do. I'll talk about that in a bit. Mm-hmm. I got well into the pinball. We're play, playing it like with the fours. We're like, we're like the lads. Lots of traders, lots of pins, lots of cabs. A very social occasion. That's, do you know, on Tuesday, when I got back to work, sorry, I still had a sore throat on the Tuesday from talking. Yeah, And they said, oh, much. you got a cold, you got a cold, you got COVID. All that kind of stuff. I said, no, I've just been talking constantly for, for like 16 hours. Yeah. But I was better. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely excellent time. I had mixed feelings about Nerg. Uh, good points. The event is as good as it ever is. Uh, being a big meet-up with friends, which is exactly what I need at the moment. Uh, the sellers were decent with reasonable prices. I thought I've bought a few things, some good bargains there. And the pinballs I played were immaculate. The pinballs are absolutely brilliant. The bad points is, especially for us, when we got there on the Saturday, the arcade cabs were in quite a bad state on the first day. However... James RGP and his crew worked incredibly hard on them, probably all through the night, like ferries in the night. And the next day, loads of them were sorted and playable again. But quite a lot of them had worn-out screens and unusable controls. I'm thinking 1942, the screen was really dark on that, and Cuba's screen was absolutely knackered. They need to get some new screens in there. Green Beret was also unplayable because of the joystick controls weren't very good on the diagonals at all. In fact, it wouldn't go down at all. And you need that in the game. But I also understand that there wasn't a lot of time allocated by the event location's owners for setting up. So I don't think they had time to actually get them up to, up to shape. But 
through the night they got loads working again and on the sunday tons of them are back to normal again it's good but yeah it was it was a little bit of a pain that and i think everyone sort of noticed it but you know these things are hard to get going aren't they yeah i think for the first time ever the first time i've ever known an event like that size had one day yeah it wasn't to, a lot to, at all yeah, to get the cabs delivered offload the cabs put the cabs in place power up the cabs and test the cabs in one day yeah and there's a lot just, of cabs there as not, well it's not completely feasible especially when there's like 80 odd cabs and we shouldn't moan because i wouldn't envy doing that job myself actually mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah everything was pretty good and, and even though that 1942 had a pretty knackered screen on it i really enjoyed played it i got a uh, 300 on it which is not bad for me so i did quite well and night in the cuba as well me and tronad's noticed the cuba speech was really scrambled on it because it uses a, spe- a separate speech board on that on the original game so it was doing loads of weird random speech all the way through the game and it it really quite worked it worked really well <laughs> it's just going bonkers when we we're playing it's like this isn't right but it sounded really good mm. yeah i really enjoyed it oh really i still enjoyed it. enjoyed it god yeah um, one of the things the highlights for me and this is a bit of a sad little thing actually but i've always wanted to do this they had a kicker machine there and i'm quite good at kicker as we all know and on the first day, I tried to leave a high score in there. You know, you do sort of like just before you roll it over to a million, so it goes back to zero again. I was trying to do that, and I missed it. So I left a score of 400 on the screen, because it was obviously a million 400 points. But on the second day, on the Sunday, I managed to leave 999900 on it. So it's just How 100 points. Yeah, about an hour, about 50 minutes, something like that. But no, it was, it was real bad. fun that I haven't lost... My, my skills at that because it's, it's quite good I don't, don't play that often because it just takes a long time to play but I really enjoyed that I really enjoyed I can't believe I'm saying this the EM pinballs I didn't play the other ones I didn't play the, the standard new ones because I don't really care about those but the EM ones Mr. 20 to 5 said come and play this one with me you'll like it and it's a really simple one uh, it's got a few little sets of rules on it nothing too difficult to work out and I really enjoyed it it was um, it was the one from Tom, not Tommy, um, but the one with, that's themed with the Who on it. I can't remember the name of it now. Pinball Wizard, maybe? It's one yeah. of the more desirable um, EMs, apparently. And it was a really good little game. Nice, simple controls. Uh, simple rules, really, to learn. And, you do know I want one now, don't you? And the, t- and the, the bells and the... the whis- not the whistles. <laughs> the tinkly, twinkly, tinkly, clackety-clackety yeah, things. Sounds. Yeah, this, it's like, lovely. That it always reminds lovely. me of proper pinball. Obviously, yeah. nowadays, in the past 30 years of pinball, has been sampled speech, sampled sound, sampled music, music from bands and, and uh, licensed products, you know, Batman and Iron Man and all these different games and different themes, you know, all that sort of stuff. But these ones have just got the simple sort of bells and clicks and bangs and pops and mechanical noises going on. And I really like it. And another interesting thing about electric and mechanical pinballs to me is they're a lot, lot cheaper than the solid-state ones and, and the new ones. Are they? Yeah, a lot right. cheaper. Yeah, you can get them for less than a £1,000, a lot of them. So I am on the lookout for one. Where would you put it? Are you, you upgrading your I will. Space, I will find you? a place to put it. It doesn't matter. I'll find a place. Put it in the kitchen. You've got a decent-sized kitchen. No, the kitchen's too small. Front room. Front room's big. There, it, it is, isn't it? I'm sure yeah. I'll be fine when someone's trying to watch TV. I have some quiet time. Bing, 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 bing in the background. <laughs> So, that, yeah, there was highlights. I met loads of people, met old friends and stuff. It was great. The night out was fun as well in Newcastle. Mm. Oh, 
what else have I, I've been doing tonight? What I've been doing, whatever. I've been listening to They Create Worlds podcast. Which and Alex so Nintendo, have I. Which Alex Nintendo Arcade introduces. So it's, it's brilliant. If you like your arcade history like I do, I'm trying yes. to get back into yes. it. Yes. It's yes. just amazing. Stuff like they do, they talk about computer space and everyone, oh, it's a throwaway game before Pong, before Pong. You know, took took the lead, and but the the importance of computer space in setting the scene for Pong, yeah, setting re- setting the whole industry for Pong is is a you know it's that kind of thing that's on this show. They create worlds, kids. Should we put a link in the no show. We should that? do. It's absolutely brilliant. I've they do all sorts of stuff. They've done um, computer games, console games, uh, and slightly more modern games. A lot of arcade stuff, but, but and some of those I sort of don't really want to listen to. But the arcade history stuff, I listen to the, the Atari stuff, the Takeover of Atari, the Bally stuff, the Konami, the Namco, really, really interesting stuff. And, mm-hmm. and the, uh, the one with Stern Electronics as well and the different companies, absolutely brilliant. So I've been really enjoying that. Yeah, Gottlieb was amazing. They, I haven't they, listened they, to that one yet. I'm getting to that one. Um, it's a two-part, I think. How been, important they were as well. I've been picking and choosing, but yeah, you find out how old these companies are and it's just loads of stuff about them. I mean, the last Atari one I had, they were telling you who took it over and, and who had it then, and then it got a subsi- subsidiary of this, and then it got split into that. And it, Oh my God, it was such a weird history and just so long. It just it makes me sad how many people got Atari wrong or messed it up. Usually big corporate companies just being greedy half the time. But Atari games which was the the arcade division stayed separate for quite a long time so obviously their games all through the 80s and 90s were still quite decent and they still had lots of intelligent people doing stuff for them and making creating really cool games but mm-hmm. the actual the sort of home computer side of it and the console side and the corporate thing was just absolute ugh, awful awful stuff going on you know even nowadays it's um it's owned by a French company, I think. They just use the licenses for a lot of stuff. I don't, I don't think they really make any any new things anymore. The, the recent one they did was that VCS thing, which was a bit of a nightmare. I'm not sure what happened with that in the end. It even got released in the end. But loads of people had uh, pledges and back Kickstarters and stuff on it. Yeah, it did get released, I think. Yeah, but I think nobody... By the time it got released, lots of the consoles and, and things were doing exactly what this thing did. And it seems to be a bit of a, a white elephant. It didn't know what it wanted to be. I think it, it, yeah. if it, if it was just an Atari box, it was originally called Atari Box, mm. and they had all the Atari games on there. That would have been like, yeah, yeah, just that, like like from the VCS to the fifty two hundred, seventy eight hundred, a few Atari ST ones. If they had all them on there, yeah, that would have been amazing. It would have been an amazing piece of kit, and then yeah, sold it the, for like I don't know two hundred dollars or something. It was a lot more than that, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it's just it was a Linux thing, which you can it get was, anywhere, really. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't know what it wanted to be, like Mavic. Yeah. Not sure, not sure what. I know, be I know exactly what you are, Sean. You are <laughs> a nugget. <laughs> That's <laughs> putting it mildly. I've missed this. Right, just just opening another can. I can hear that. That's very unprofessional. I opened my bottle of Diet Coke way before we started. What have you got there? Punk IPA Zero. Oh dear! Oh dear! It tastes like punk, but you don't get drunk like a punk. Oh. I can smell it from nice here. That. It's really nice. It's, it's, it's flowery rubbish, as you say, but yeah. there's no alcohol in it. It tastes like washing up liquid watered down with... Bleh. Yuck. Don't like it. Mud. Don't Mud. like it. I 
in my absence, I've been making lots of joysticks. I've made over 20 joysticks. Um, I made ZX Spectrum-themed ones, Commodore 64-themed ones, Atari, uh, BBCB, NES-shaped ones, Vectrex ones, Astro City PC arcade joystick flavours, lots of them. If anyone wow. wants one, hit me up at vertvic.controllers at gmail.com. I'll put a note in the show notes for that and a picture of some of the uh, controllers. I've seen a couple that you've sent me. They look very good. They're good. They're good. I modded a GameCube with a Pico Pie. I never had a Pico Pie before. And an SD card adapter. Cost about eight quid. Five wires to solder. Surely this is the cheapest hardware mod to a console ever made. God. So I did, on my original one, which was a sort of mishmash of bits and bobs, and it had already been chipped or something. And... I didn't like the case in that. So what I'll do is a guy at work who really wants a GameCube, I'll get another one, a black cased one, a smart looking one. I'll mod that and I'll sell him the other one. So I'll make even on it. And I tried to, to do exactly the same thing with another Pico Pie, another SD card, same things again, same wiring on the new one. And it doesn't work. When I wired it all up, turned it all on, it should come up with like a green screen, a bit of garbage. And, and then you get this menu system come in. For some reason, it's just a black screen. So as soon as I take one wire off of the, you know, the, the, the soldered-in bits, it just functions as a normal GameCube. So for some reason, it's not working. It's really frustrating. I mean, I need to get back into it and check it again. I've checked all my soldering, checked all the bits it goes to. There's nothing bad going on, and it works fine when you disconnect it. It's one of those things. I've got an idea. What? Why don't you unsolder one of the wires? Yes. Either either end. Done that, <laughs> turn, yes. Yeah. Turn it around. Check. Turn it around. Oh, yeah. Maybe the electric's going the wrong way. Yeah, it could be. And then solder it back together. So if it, Do so you know what? It, because it's north, DC, south, south. because it's yeah. 5 volts DC, it's direct. I reckon it's going the wrong way. Direct. So it's like a CD, not DC, which is a an obsolete format. That's why it's not working. I reckon you might be onto something there, Sean. Yeah. You muppet. You muppet! <laughs> so, also, um, did we... On the last podcast I did, God knows when that was, um, yeah, did we talk about you lot visiting me back in, in, in Scotland? I'm not sure. Because Sean, Porchy, and Mr. 20 to 5 all came up from their relevant places in the north to come and see me in Scotland. I appreciated it. Loved it. We played some arcade games. You did a video. We had some Indian food. It was lovely. Yeah, maybe. We need to plan another one. We need to go and see perhaps Mr. 20 to 5 because he's got a garage full of arcade stuff, hasn't he? Yeah. Let's descend upon him. Let's gate crash. Yes. Crash some gates right up. Oh, yeah. Guess what I've been doing? What have you been doing? Apart from drinking punk rubbish Washing up liquid out of a can. Yeah. Uh, Don't keep us in suspense. What games have we been playing? We are not delaying. I am going to get slayed. Zachariah Pinball Games on Steam because I've been playing, well, a couple of Zachariah ones at NERG. Is it Zachariah? Or is it Zachariah? If there's any Italian listeners listening, can you hit us up and tell us how to pronounce it, please? Which, which ones? Which Zakaria ones have you been playing? Oh, there's one called... I should have checked more on this. There's one called Space Shuttle. And it sounds like it's got Robotron sounds. Ooh, cool. And I think that might be... It might not be a Zakaria table. It might be a Williams one. And I think they... Because they used the same chips, didn't they? Out of the, yes, out, it, that out would of make the sense Williams. if it's a Williams. Out of the Williams cat, uh, P. 
pinballs. It was from Williams and Eugene Jarvis did the sound. So yes. As we as we're speaking, I am live eBaying because I've kept some watches and I'm pretty sure one of them was a space shuttle pinball. Ooh, I think it's ended. I missed it. No, it was a don a Domino Gottlieb I was looking at, and also a Gottlieb Funland. So the Domino went for five hundred and sixty quid, and the Gottlieb Funland went for six hundred and ten pounds. Wow! And you know another one I was following as well. I didn't get it because it, it needed work doing to it. it was a Williams Far Par. <laughs> uh, it was a Grand the Far Par. But yeah, the EM ones were like less than £600 each or just over £600. I thought one of them was a space shuttle. But yeah, those, um, I think the Zakaria ones, there's like 70s games, the EM ones. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I think there's some quite decent ones because Gottlieb, didn't they start off or uh, main of their um, business was pinball? Mm, Guns yeah. on there. Guns on there. Yeah. What else have you been up to? Games I've been playing. I've been playing another Borderlands game. Oh, the- for- <laughs> the pre-sequel this is the pre-sequel so we've been playing a bit of that loving that is that and a modern that, game then well it's 2013 so it was modern for oh, us oh right so it was yeah pre-sequel because you know what they, they keep doing it don't they they keep getting like they do they do a game do a few sequels and they go oh let's go back let's go back before the first one no make some new games for goodness sake what's wrong with you yeah they do that don't they nah. we've been playing loads of our featured game which is very good I've been so, playing a bit of it and it's very good I've been playing some Solar Fox which you were moaning about I, I like was moaning that. about earlier because when I went to record the last time I recorded on my computer was Solar Fox and that was dreadful it, it was, was excrement and because we're not playing for a points now i've got it on we've had a <laughs> got it on auto fire all right Brucey. playing auto fire sunsun which is my current go-to wind down game at the end of the day bang on sunsun put it on auto fire and you just concentrate on the dodging and if you get it right there's a hell of a lot going on and if you get it right it's, it's just a, it's like bullet hell almost but is with, it like with, zen man but with, but with creatures, creatures, not bullets. Oh, yeah, but it's it, it kind of goes There's carrots everywhere. A kind of a zone, like a to- like a not a twilight zone or a toilet zone, but a zone. You know, you're in the zone. Yeah. Not I was playing um, a Nez the other day. The other day, and I was playing a bit of Son Son too. And we reported this when we played Black Tiger. Mm. Son Son 2 on the NES is basically a reskin of Black Tiger. Have you ever played it? No, but I remember you saying it. It's good. It's good. It's better than Black Tiger. It's got it's got cuter graphics. I'm not too keen on the not Black PC Tiger engine. graphics. No, no, on P- NES. On NES? Yes. Oh. Yes. Capcom game. Really good, really good. I've been playing a bunch of should have been in the arcade games. Uh, Locomolito's Darkula. Uh, Donut Dodo from Pixel Games, which is available on Steam. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, Anna Lynn. Have you played Anna Lynn yet? No, what's that? I was raving about this to some of our listeners at NERG. So, Donut Dodo you can get on Steam. Uh, it's about four quid. And Anna Lynn, A-N-N-A-L-Y-N-N, from uh, someone called Cruz Elroy, also on Steam. Go and get both these games. You will not be disappointed. They're absolutely brilliant. they they should have been in the arcade in 1987, I reckon. I've had quite a few mm. goes on this month's game as well. We can not get into that. Uh, kindly chosen by the Pie Factory podcasters. They are lovely gets. 
Mm, that was a good in that podcast, wasn't it? I'm so glad they left us with a good and rather than a de- decaying fish of a game. Because they could have done it. A decaying fish. You know, when we, we trust people to give us games to play, usually they do a bad job of it. Remember remember stuff like Peter Packrat and Hunchback and stuff like that? Dr. Micro still stinks. Yeah, there was a... What did Garen pick? Was it Funky Fish? What was that? What was that? No, Funky Def- Fish was good. I, I think I chose Funky Fish. Defender thing. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, we've, we've had Gaplos, which I really enjoyed at the end when I finally got my head around the bonus thing. Yeah, it's a bit, I, I, I played that with Mr. Singletary when he came over from America, and we really enjoyed it down at the, um, the Four Quarters. But when we actually played it, when I played it for the challenge, I just couldn't get into it. It just seemed too quick. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's like Gallagher, but way, way faster. It's just, no, it wasn't too fast for my tiny brain, I think. I liked our current game which was chosen by Pie Factory, mm-hmm. and Soul chose Pac-Land, which uh, most people liked, but I didn't. I wasn't I keen like on Pac-Land. Pac- I think it's a fine game. I'm not so keen on it. I thought it was a bit... I don't know. I don't think it's aged very well. It hasn't aged that well, I think, because the graphics are really blocky. It does look like a seven-year-old painted it with MS Paint on a computer. It's, mm. it's, they're not, they could have done a lot better with the graphics. I mean, that, that particular vintage, there was much better graphics around, much higher resolutions as well. I think it was supposed to look like the cartoon, wasn't it? It was almost based on the cartoon. Yeah, but it could have made it a bit smoother. It was really jaggedy, really jaggedy. Mm. Even on the CRT, it was jaggedy. The animation but, on the characters was good, though. I, quite, I his, still quite like the game. Hat. I'd like to probably play it a bit more, because I think there's, quite, there's a lot of secrets in I do like a game with a lot of secrets in. Mm. Yeah, so I quite enjoyed that one. Yes! Arcade news. Did you know the Tapper world record has been broken recently? Lauren Featherstone got over 14 million points. I do now. You do now. I'll leave the uh, the note in the show notes for that, so people want to look at that. Tapper's a hard game. I do like Tapper. I used to love playing it on my Atari 8-bit years ago. I had the original of that. wasn't many original games I had, but I did have the original of that one. It's good. Yeah, and we've got Mr. Uh, Is this Mr. Singletary, this? Yeah, just talking about him. From He's Florida. in Florida, and he got <laughs> some really good deals lately. He got this was his second his second gyrus machine because he's already got one of his own, right? He bought it in inverted brackets broken for a hundred dollars. It's not the PCB. This is the whole cabinet with the original PCB in it. One hundred bucks. It had a blown fuse in it. He replaced the fuse. Bosh, gyrus cap, hundred dollars. Wow, that's about seventy five British pounds. Because I remember yeah. Alex saying to me a bit while ago, have you got a gyrus PCB? I'm after a gyrus PCB. I said, no, I haven't got one, mate. And they go for about 150, 200 quid for a gyrus PCB. This is the whole cabinet for half that. This is what mm-hmm. kind of deals you get in Florida. And three cabs he bought about two weeks beforehand. He got a Gallagher full upright, a Pac-Man full upright, and get this, a junior pack upright which is the one that's in the similar cabinet to Mappy. Right. And they're quite rare games. He got the whole lot, I think, for $700. All three games for 700 They all work. And they're all in wow. reasonable condition as well. I saw them. He gets some... He's a, a lucky get. Yeah. Yeah, still still bargains to be found over, mm. over in, in that there America. America there. land. In America land. 
Well, we've got some news from the CAX show, California Extreme, I think that's short for. Mm -hmm. Major Havoc is getting a ROM update, and you can play the ROMs in MAME. And, it, and it's actually, it's fixed a load of bits. There's actually an ending to the game now, which there wasn't before. I didn't know about that. You've just reminded me, talking of ROM updates, Yo. at Nerg, there, was, there were two battle zones. There was a full upright, and there was a, a cabaret battle zone. Did you play the cabaret battle zone? Yeah. It had Battle Zone 2 on it. Which I was, I, I believe, was I believe a fan update of the ROM set. I'm not sure how it works. I need to look into this. I think it might run off a Raspberry Pi update to it. I think you, you put it on the original board and it sorts a lot of stuff out. And because when you're playing the game, you get like you get sort of inertia when you move the, 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 the caterpillars around, the movement of the tank, it sort of bobs up and down. It's mm. it's a lot less flickery than the original game. There is different enemies in it. There's pickups. You can get like um, rocket launchers. You can get uh, rapid fire. You can even drive over mines and blow yourself. There's lots of extra bits to it. It's a really good little game. Really playable. I played it and loved it. Absolutely loved it. Not sure who owns that cab, but it was really really good. I'd like to. I've had two Battlezone cabarets before in my life, and they never worked. That's the only reason I wouldn't have a battle zone, because they could just break down. But if I could get one that was reliable, I'd like to have a cabaret version. I think that'd be quite nice with that I game think, installed. I think the game's very slow. But this game, when you when you moved, the landscape tilted, didn't it, a little bit? Yeah, the game was it was just improved all over. The game just seemed yeah. better. I'm not sure why. It just seemed better, smoother, stronger, harder, faster. Yes. This Going back to this major havoc, I've found the webpage now. The extra ROM has a homeworld sequence, eight new levels, star castle Eight new battle, levels. Speech and new sounds, hidden levels, warps, improved self-tests, loads more. And it's a, a free ROM download, so you can put it in like your version of MAME, or you can burn it onto your major havoc cab, which everyone has. I've do got you one, you got do one. Do you think this is from the same people who did the Battlezone 2? Because it sounds like a, a similar kind of update and upgrade for it. We'll have to look into this. I'm not I that keen like on Major that. Havoc. I like the look of the game and everything. I'm just rubbish at it. I just don't like the gameplay very much. But it's, it's a good game. I have played the original once, and that was at Mr. Bonehead's Meet a long time ago with a roller. Mm. Yeah, I've played it with a roller. It's good. Because mm. I play it on my Vectrex, because so I've got a Vec fever. I play all the, um, the arcade Vector games. It works quite well on there as well with the spinner. Yeah, but it does. Oh, nice to see um, new old games being renewed. Love it. Love it. What mm, I'd always like to play is a colour version of Asteroids and Asteroids Deluxe. And I was reading yeah. ages ago, there was a long, long, like 20-odd, 30 years ago, there was an update someone did for when colour vector screens were more available because they're like rocking horse poop now. You could probably get a, a color vector, put it in an asteroid, and what it did is the different intensities of the beam on black and white asteroids, they'd swapped in the ROMs for colors. So if something was a darker or lighter than normal, it was a different color. So when you shot certain things, they, they exploded in different colors. So it was a color version of, space in, uh, of, of asteroids. And I'd really like to play a proper color version of asteroids. That'd be really cool. With all the, the rocks being different colors, and that'd be really cool. So hopefully someone could probably do that with, with MAME or something, you know, do it in an emulation rather than with proper hardware, I suppose. Because I'm sure the proper hardware and stuff would be really difficult to do it with. Yeah, but I'm sure they could do it yeah. on MAME. That'd be cool. 
Yeah, colour in the colour in the rocks with a sharpie. But yeah, why not? Think outside the box. That's what I do. No, think, think no, no, Sean. You should think inside a box with the lid shot. <laughs> uh, also, vector sector V C T R space S C T R, a one-off vector game designed to highlight Atari's fiftieth anniversary collection, and it's got it's kind of like a mashup of various Atari vector classics. Yeah, did- this game. It's the only thing from this Atari 50th anniversary thing that's going on. I actually like the look of and the sound of. I need to have a look at this. But I think the rest of the things they're doing is just rehashes of older games. Mm. So I'm not that interested in that. You know, we've played all the Atari games and we love the old Atari games. Just leave them where they are. You know, everyone's got them. Everyone can play them. I've got my own Atari cabs downstairs. I've got Atari consoles all the emulators that's all we need this is another collection another collection how many have we had mm, now many, I'm, I'm not just on about atari i mean you know namco and all this is unless the games have never been released before just just give us you know new games for goodness sake or just leave us with the old ones we're not going to do new ones it's fine what's yeah. this about race driving three i never knew there was a race driving three what's going on there uh, race driving three screen race oh, driving three, three screen three screen That's version it. of it yeah, I didn't know this existed, but I found a flyer, so it does. Oh wow! So we got we had TX one, didn't we? Which is that kind of, kind of like pole position. Yeah. But Ferrari, I think Ferrari F three five five is a yeah, three buggy screen. Yeah, Buggy Boy had a three screen version as well. Buggy Boy, yeah, and this as well. This must have been early nineties. This one, race driving. How think. weird is that? Yeah, found. Found it, it did. And now some bad news. Uh oh. S- some bad news. Neon Nikes. Oh yeah, I'm down this south. One. It's closed. Yep, this is the arcade that was next to the Retro Hunter shop. And I've been in there many times, helped out with a few of their cabs and stuff when Ali was uh, early on in it. And for some reason, it's closed. I think the, the people are just too busy with their yeah. lives, you know, thing they put out on social media. It's thanks to all of you who came and supported us over the last three years. We had a blast. Hope you did too. I'm sure they did. I never actually went in there when it was open. Because I was always in there sort of in the daytime when I went to visit Ali or whatever. So I was always there beforehand. Mm. So I never actually got to have a look around when it was full and people playing. But they had some really nice little game, good games in there. It's a really good little place. Excellent. It's such a sad thing actually seeing that go down. Yeah, I think he, he wanted his like his weekends back and all sorts. And it was... Oh, yeah. Yeah, they've all got families made... and stuff. Ali's got a new family now. He's just had a nipper. Every penny they poured back into it. So it was a labour of love. Yeah, and it was really good. Lovely little place. I, I, I wish I would have went to that one. I didn't. I put it off and put it off, and now it's too late. Mm. Some moral of the story, Mr. Sean. Unless we've got a hankering to build a time machine, which I might do. I might do one day. I've got the kit. He's off again. I've got a machine. He's, <laughs> actually, he's actually looking into the middle distance, kids. <laughs> I've got a machine and I've got time. What more do you need? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's good to have you back, Rick. Yeah, isn't yeah. it? This is one you know, sad thing going on with the Neon Knights going stopping. But, da, 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 da. Our Alex Nintendo Arcade, one-time co-host of this very podcast, has taken up a gauntlet and is opening an arcade museum in the RMC premises, the Retro Man Cave. So, there is a, there is a YouTube video on this. We will put it in the show notes telling you all what's going on. Uh, there's also... An interesting video with Alex on his prototype rescue cabinet they did there as well. So this 
I know a little bit of what's going on behind the scenes with this because Alex is a good friend of ours. And it's all very exciting. I'll put it that way. Uh, we will have Alex on before long telling us what's going to go on. But I think if all goes to plan, uh, October sometime it's going to be going on. There will be a UK VAC meet there if everything's uh, all set and sorted by then. And I'm oh, looking brilliant. forward to it. This is, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere near Gloucester. Which is south-ish for us, isn't it? Very south for me. Yeah, looking forward to this one. We'll have him on. Yes, I, I watched that video about the prototype rescue cabinet as well. It's very good. I like. It is very because like, it's one of my favourite games. I love rescue. It's a good channel that the RMC Retro Man Cave channel. It's, it's, it's right now. You can tell he's a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. Alex says he's really mm. cool. I'm glad. I'm hoping to meet him before long as well. And another thing that about rescue that Sean, uh, that Alex didn't quite go all the way into on the video is when I first met Alex this is the first time I ever met him through UK VAC I knew, I knew he lived sort of you know around the corner sort of thing in, in London and he was going to come visit me that night and I had Rescue on the cab and when he came in he went oh, that's Rescue and he remembered exactly what it was it was just a chance thing that we both loved this game and I didn't obviously know anything about him at the time and it was really cool and that, and that was the game I've told everyone millions of times is I bought by accident when I was at the Isle of Wight, at, um, the I think it's Arcadia at the Isle of Wight, I went to the back room with the, the guy who owns the place and he was selling some stuff off. I said, oh, that board there, is that is a scramble board? He went, oh, I don't know what it is. It looked like a scramble board. Oh, I'll buy it. And I bought it because I liked scramble because I knew the shape of the board. And when I got it home, did the, the adapter for it, which is the same for an, a scramble adapter as well, I realised it was Rescue. Never even played it before, but then loved it from the minute I played it. Mm, that's good, that. Fate... It's fate. Fate. No, that's fate. one of those things you go to and you, you buy cakes and throw things at coconuts, isn't it? Is that fate? Yeah. I don't think they, I don't think they have coconuts anymore. They probably have, like, plastic Grenades. Ball, grenades, plastic balls, and something, something like that. Biscuits with you. Biscuits with you. I don't know about you. Biscuits with you. I met Basil the Sane. Is he? At, no. He is pretty sane. Mm. I asked him about his name and he did explain it. Basil, because he used to run around like Basil from Forty Towers when he was younger. With his and, tie flapping over his shoulders. And the same bit he did tell me and I've forgotten. But yeah, Basil the Sane has, has given us some banana jammy dodgers to review and to consume. They started well, had a few, but then they started getting a bit not great. And before, sort of, before you even opened, Mike just went... <laughs> <laughs> I, I absolutely hate anything banana flavoured. Disgusting. I hate banana flavoured stuff. What about bananas themselves? Like the bananas. But the banana yeah. flavouring is not like real bananas. Ugh. I cannot stand banana flavouring. You know, you know foam bananas, you get the sweets. Absolutely mm -hmm. hate them. Foam shrimps, yes. Foam bananas, no. <laughs> now that is good advice to take, Sean. I thought maybe a six out of ten for them. Much six better. out of ten. Much better jammy dodges with the jamming and not the banana stuff. Before we leave this section of the podcast... Yes? This is not quite a biscuit review, but it is a confectionery review. Have oh. you ever had a mint dime bar? No, I like dime bars. Wow, brought me one for tonight. She went to the shops earlier, come back, she goes, I got you a present. And I went, oh yeah, what is it? Because I'm on a diet at the moment, I've lost a bit of weight. And she says, it's not really a good, a good present, I'll just give it here. Just give it here, I know what it is. And she gave me some... Dime bars, but they're mint flavoured ones. <gasps> Ooh. 
<laughs> you know how how the mint in mint arrows is a, a nice a nice sort of like mild mint sweet like mint flavor. Yeah, I like that. They're just like that. But Ooh. you get the added attraction of getting all the bits of dime bar stuck in your teeth for a week. Mm, God, I like I do that, that as well. They're not quite as good as the the coffee dime bars I had a little while ago. Coffee no. dime bars. Oh my wow. god, they are so amazing. But minty ones are brilliant. I'm telling you, go and get them, kids. They're lovely. Remember when they was called D I M E on the packet? Yeah, they're because it's a Swedish thing. I'm not sure it's pronounced dame or dime. It's D A I M, which is the original Swedish spelling of it. Mm. I don't care. I still love them, and they still get stuck in your teeth. So what you get, you get the enjoyment of eating them, and then enjoyment of like the next seven hours picking them out your teeth. And eating the little bits. Mm, mm, they're very nice. Bits. I fancy one of them now. You know, I've got another two downstairs, and you're not having either of them. Ha <laughs> ha! Post it. Recent pickups. Have we renamed this section to Screaming Wallets now? Because you're actually buying stuff. You tight get. Have you? Have you put that? I haven't put that. I don't know. Maybe it was me. Maybe I didn't it was. Sleep. I'm not sure. Anyway, it's Screaming Wallets. Wow. I have got some, this is not really okay, but it's, it's used for, for it stuff. Helps. helps. I've got some good quality over ear headphones, some Sony Summit, Summit, Summit. Sony headphones. So yeah, they've got noise cancelling as well, so they're good. Nice. But I can't use them for this podcast because I won't be able to hear anything. I can hear my own voice through these because they're, they're sort of quite crap. Because these ones are very light and I can hear my own voice. So, yeah, so. but that's, that's not a good thing there, is it, for you? Not really. No. Did you get anything from Nerg <laughs> when you were there? I bought some stuff from Nerg. Yes, from Nerg, haven't you heard about the Nerg? The word Ooh. is Nerg. Go on, what did you buy? I don't know. I got some Dan Maku bullet hell posters from, from some guy that was selling them. And, oh, yeah. a f- and some fake marquees from my man cave. The posters were, and I've forgotten, because uh, I haven't One of them was... Um, Dodon Patchy, I know that. One was so Dodon Patchy, fan. one was Death Smiles, and one was Mars Matrix because I like the look of it. So I got them three. Cool. And then the marquees, I think I got. He had some generic ones. I said, Have you got some weirder ones? And he says, He normally has. Like, Does he have a Dr. Seven... Micro one? Or an Uncle Pooh. Oh, he... we won't have them. They're brilliant. He normally has like six or seven tables, he said, to lay stuff out, but he's only got two tables. So he's got just the, the normal stuff like yeah. Pac Man, Donkey Kong. So I, got, I think I got a scramble. A pole position, and oh, what was the other one? Tinkle pit. No. Anyway, three, three like kind of like box standard. No. Oh, if you put them up, you could like, look to your wall and find out which ones they were. Silly. They, they got that sticky on stuff that you can peel off as well. What, a sticker, you mean? <laughs> you stick, stick them on like you know, like that vinyl-y stuff. That stickers, straight, yeah. That come off as well. Yeah, I think they're called stickers. Yeah. <laughs> are you having sticker disremembrance you, you know what I mean it's like almost yeah stickers like, a, like a, a stuff that you can like Sean, stick on a Sean, ball and they just come off admit it stickers <laughs> or on a window and they can just peel off yeah yeah you can put stickers on windows as well alright then who cares windows <laughs> stickers <laughs> so this is what it's like for me all the time <laughs> I got a few Famicom carts. Do you know why? Because you love them. Because they were nice colours. Oh. I, I really like the colours of the, the original Japanese Famicom carts because they're all different colours. Really, they were cheap. They were like three for ten quid. But 
One of them was Star Force, and I love that game. That's pretty cool. Wait, there's two NES versions of Star Force, aren't there? And they're both pretty good. I think it's the Japanese one because it's on the Famicom, I presume. Mm. I, don't, I, I do mean to play them. I can see them from where I'm sitting now. And maybe after I've done this podcast, I'll fire up the old NES Junior and put them in. Have a look. One yeah, of them was brown. One of them was like, it looked like a cowboy yeah. game. It's brown. And I've not got a brown ne- uh, Famicom cart. I, I don't collect cartridges because, on the, especially on the NES, I've got an EverDrive. So I've got all the games ever released if I want them on the EverDrive. So I only need one cart. Mm. And I haven't got the room to put in the damn things. But with the different coloured carts, they just look nice, you know? Mm. Pink yeah, and blue and yellow and red and brown and black and white. It just look good together. And they are dirt cheap Famicom games, especially if you go to Japan. God, they're so cheap. You find them in old mm. bookshops and stuff all over the place over there. I went to an old bookshop and picked up what I thought was a Famicom cart. Do you know what it was? Book. An old, an old book. Did you try and put it in a nest and it didn't work? I, I tried did, to put did it in a nest. Did you blow through the page? <laughs> you blow through the page before you put it in the cartridge slot. It, then all, it, flaps around, it all flaps around. That's yeah, why it didn't work. That's why it didn't work. Right. You've got contacts to blow in it. On this, contacts on this cart are rubbish. Can't even see them. Listener feedback. Have we had any feedback since I've been away? We have. We've had some feedback. This is Tin, brother of bronze, godfather of zinc. Main daughter of plutonium. <laughs> I don't know. What you, I, you run out of metals now, haven't you? Yeah, that, there's only four metals. Did you not know that? Oh, yeah, there's more than that. All the rest are just spin offs. Yeah. Anyway, anywho, yeah. Oh, what yeah. did Bob Tin, Tin say? Arcade podcast. Yeah, I remember where I am now. Enjoyed the unexpected mashup of my two favourite podcasts, Ten Pence and Pie Factory, immensely. Thanks, gents. Super appreciated as ever. It was a mash That's what it was. Well, did you have mash? No. Oh. oh I just it, was just, it was just an up then, wasn't it? It was just an up. It was an up. Ross Ross has been on. He's been on Twitter. And he says, great game choice, Pie Factory podcast. Totally new to me. And he's talking about Tinkle Pit. Really getting stung this cute maze game. Some fun scoring bonuses to be had. Absolutely. That cheeky inland pirate, Rygar. We met him. He's nice, yeah. like him. Yeah. Good nice. evening, Ten Pencers. Great to see you both at the recent Nerg Extravaganza. And what a pleasant surprise to find out that other names you mentioned on the podcast also belong to actual, real people. Brilliant. As for Tinkle Pit, I, might, I feel this might have been a missold. Contrary to the activities implied by the title, neither micturation nor declivities are involved. Nevertheless, I look forward to giving it a go. Those are 50 Dollar words. I like mm. them. Right, this is from Missile 5. And probably maybe a new listener, but it's put oh no, hang on. I've been listening to this podcast every day recently when I described it to my friend and I said it's an arcade podcast presented by a bad tempered guy who who hates Sean, sure, you are not bad tempered. And a crazy guy who likes biscuits, enjoying it a lot. Will Vic be back? And I said, watch this space. And he's put Great to hear. I think you guys complement each other very well, like Murtar and Riggs of the podcasting world. Oof. You know Murtar and Riggs, Lethal Weapon. Yes. Loth Wapon. Anyway, he's put, still listening to an episode a night. Enjoyed the Vectrex 
episode recently might be interesting to do another one for other consoles maybe you could do one on the dreamcast since so that is also arcade hardware at heart yeah Ooh, maybe that's a thought i have got a dreamcast and it's got one of those sd jobbies in it so i can play any game i like on there because they had a lot of the uh, naomi games because it's roughly the same hardware as a sega mm. naomi oh that's interesting and mr driller that's where i first put mr driller on it oh such a good game love it Friendly shout outs. I have got to shout out to Sal Buglierissi, one of our listeners, who always posts a score on the, the high score challenge. And he is probably in this country on holiday while we speak. And if I still live in London, I'd love to have taken him up uh, and met him at the four quarter bars and took him out for a bit. But I'm 400 miles away now. Sorry about that, Sal. Um, also, thank you and shout out to the podcasters who took my place while I was away. Drisk, Sol, and a beautifully form Pie Factory Gets. <laughs> I must also shout out to all the people who attend the Edinburgh Retro Computer and Video Games Facebook group who meet up at a bowling club, usually the second Tuesday of every month. Some cool people there who bring along some sort of gaming hardware and set it up for others to play and chat. It's well worth making the trip if you live in Scotland. It takes me about 50 minutes to go. I go there occasionally. I don't do every single one because of work and stuff. You know, if I'm busy on a Tuesday night or whatever. But I do try and get there. And it's about 50 minutes to an hour to me to get there. But it's well worth going. I took my Vectrex and some of my controllers. And I took my BBCB and the joystick and my PVM monitor with me. So I take quite a bit of gear with me sometimes. And it's really cool going there. Really interesting to talk to people. Like-minded. Mm, I'd like to give a shout out to all the people I met at NERG. Old friends, new friends. And I already remember, mentioned this, I had a sore throat. Yeah, I enjoyed NERG, I always do. Yeah, I it's, did as well. But, you know, a few little problems. Hopefully they can iron them out for next time. Mm, still, cool, still cool. Uh, there'll be a Sean's Arcade video coming on that soon. Ooh. If Is you that want... the one where I disturbed you when you were doing your voiceover? Yeah. Well, you I've did. got... I've got little bits to put together, so I'll d- I might do them this weekend. I don't know. Cool. Nice no, no rush. No rush for YouTube. I just do it when I fancy. Every three or four weeks or but something like all that. All your 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 viewers they they can't wait. How can they have baths without something to watch in the bath? You can watch other. They're all stinking people. minging because they haven't had a bath for a while now. Because you haven't done your stupid videos. What's <laughs> wrong with you? Hurry up. <laughs> we haven't got really got homebrew heroes this time, but there are a load more of Pico Eight. The fantasy console, arcade ports being done. I've noticed Tutankham recently, Mario Brothers, Phoenix, Defender. There's tons of them coming out. There's already a Pengo. Oh, there's, there's loads coming out on it. But like really cool versions. Almost almost like almost like a D make. Because they're really chunky, really colourful. They've got certain set limitations on the, the Pico 8 software developer front. If you don't know what Pico 8 is, look it up, buy it, you'll enjoy it. It's about 12 British pounds, 15 American dollars to buy it. And it enables you to play and program, if you're that way minded, games for it on the PC, the Mac, and Linux. It'll work on all three of those formats. And you get all three with the software when you buy it. But some really, really cool games on there. So good. They've got a website you can play the games online, can't you? I believe you can as well, yeah, yeah. But it's it's well worth supporting them. It's such a good thing. And there's so many people Mm -hmm. 
doing really cool games in it because the idea is is you're limited to a certain amount of um, memory for the game certain video um, you can only use like one resolution so many colours so many sound levels all this sort of stuff so it sort of gets you back to the old way of programming you haven't just got unlimited resources like you have nowadays on PCs You're, you're limited to a certain amount of stuff and people are really squeezing some amazing games into it Really like these a lot. They're brilliant. They are incredible. They really are. Arcade Master Quiz. Oh, sure. Uh-oh. Have you missed the quiz? No. I love quizzing you. I'm not I love quizzing them. you right up, Sam. Oh, I did a quiz with Sol. That was quite a good quiz. It was, actually. Mm. But it still let you off with too much. Sean. Yes. Are you ready for this? No. Roll the music. Question one. Pass. Right. All these games, there's a theme to them. If you can guess at the end, I'll give you one extra point. So One? Yeah. That's all you deserve. The first question is, what kind of game is Alpine Racer? Oh, it's a ski game. Just a minute. Let me get my pen out. Right. One point. I was hoping you were going to say a driving game then. Question two. Yes. What game does Cosmo Gang, brackets, the video, mimic? What game does it mimic? What does it look and play like? It's a shoot 'em up Yeah, but which one? Which specific game does it look and feel like? Is it Bells and Whistles? Nope. Gallagher. It's like a colourful version of Gallagher with cute, cutesy graphics. Uh, of course, yeah, yeah. Is Cosmo Swat a real game? No. Yes, it is. It was released in That's 1984 fair. by a certain company. Number four. What Neo Geo game is very similar to Emeraldia? Magician Lord? Nope. Joy Joy Kid or Puzzled? Oh, I don't know. What's Emeraldia then? It's a puzzle game, like Joy Joy Kid. Is that an arcade game, Emeraldia? Yeah. Is it? You call um. yourself an arcade podcaster? Shame on you. You should know that. <laughs> Question five. How, how many final lap games were there in the series? There was one, there was two, there was three, there was final lap R. Yeah. What about final what? lap four? No, there wasn't. Oh, you got it right. Well That's done. Seven four, yeah. Question six. Who developed Ghoul Panic for Namco? Ghoul Panic? Ghoul Panic. Developed for Namco. Yeah. Atari. No, I'll give you one more clip. I'll give you one more try. Give us a clue. You like this company. Teleplan. Nope. Eighting Rising, nearly. Oh. Question seven. What hardware does Mappy use? 6809. No. What game is the board named after that uses this certain hardware? The board what? <laughs> Oh my god, it's so difficult, listeners. You should have seen his face then. It's just, I could almost see like light bulbs not lit above his head. Just question marks falling out of his ears. True. What, what kind what? of hardware, the hardware was named after one of the games. What hardware did Mappy use? Super Pac Man hardware. Oh god. For some bonus points. 
That sounds weird. Apart from Super Pac-Man, which I've just given you, what other games worked on that same hardware? Super Pac-Man hardware. I'll give you a clue. Games that released at the same time as that. 1983. Moon Patrol. What? The the, the Williams game, Moon Patrol. You mean I rem? Why did we release the Namco hardware? Because... You should see his face listening. Can we get a screenshot of you looking confused? So it's a Namco game, Dig Dug. No, not Dig Dug. Is it Dig Dug? Dig Dug 2. One. Yes. I'll let you have that one. Any more? Namco around that period. Can you go and put a really big pair of boots on so when you kick yourself it'll hurt? Grobda, Motos, Pack and Pal, Fozon and Tower of Druaga. Oh, no, they were all games released on the same hardware. Question eight. Yes. What games did Namco Collection Volume 1 have on them? I'll give you a point for each game you get right. Pac-Man. No. No? Not on Collection 1? What PS1 was it on? No, no, on I'm P- talking about the arcade hardware. All right. Galaga. Yes. Galaxian. No. I'll give you two more guesses. Pole position. No. Hang on. This, uh, is, it, is it no? Is it no? No, it's not that. You got. You could have had Gallagher, Xevious or Mappy. The other collection, volume two, the one I've got, the arcade board, is Pac-Man, Dig Dug and Rally X. So uh, you've got four out of about a possible 12 so far. You're doing as usual, Sean. Possibly hard. Question nine. What was a striking feature of Starblade's screen? The game Starblade. What was striking about its screen? Polygons. That wasn't the screen, but that was the hardware it used, yes. Mm. What was the striking thing about its screen? Screen! It was nice. (laughs) (laughs) It was strikingly nice. If you've ever played the game Starblade on the on the, its cab, it was a 1.1 meter diameter concave plexi mirror. The actual monitor was above you, and it was projected onto a concave mirror to make it look really big. It's quite a striking thing when you actually see it. You must have played a Starblade before, haven't you? Yeah. Have well, Arcade Club not got a Starblade? You sit down in it. No. It's actually a not, sort of game you get of- into. You climb into it and sit down on it, and it's got a big get, sort of Gatling gun kind of thing. I get that, and what's the other one? Stun Runner. I get them mixed up all the time. Well, you are a bit of a mix-up, sure, Sean. Thank, thank you. Much. Last question. Thank God. What year was Xevious 3DG released? Oof. Oof. 89. 95. 95? Now, Sean, you've got four of a possible about 15. You're doing well. Yeah. Yeah. What ties all these questions together? You, with your stupid <laughs> questions. There is that. You're not getting a point for that. You not know what they all tie together? They're all Namco. They're all... Yes. So you could have five whole points in total. That's which I would, I would describe as immensely poor. <laughs> Couldn't do worse if he tried, everyone. Right, next time you're going to get impossibly hard. I love them like that. It was now a word from our sponsor. (laughs) 
feature game review. The game was chosen by the Pie Factory podcast people, and it was Tinkle Pit. Tinkle Pit. From Namco, 1993. It was a Japan-only release, which is a shame. MAME says March 1994. Who, who, who is lying? One of them. Yeah, we don't know. It was Namco NA1 hardware, which is 68,000 CPU-based. Other games released on this hardware were Fighter and Attacker, Cosmo Gang the Puzzle, and Xvania. Reasonable games. This mm. game is rares. Very rares. The PCB consists of a main board and a removable ROM board. And I believe if you could find one of the other games, which are easy to find, you could probably reburn the game ROMs to convert it to this game. And it would be worthwhile doing. It's a good game. And the game sounds like this. Do you know this is the only game in ages? Where I've left the sound on. Oh, really? Because yeah, you are not, weird, mind. And not put dub techno on in the background. Because I get oh. bought, I get like the Packland tune was driving me insane. So I had to switch that <laughs> off. I quite but, like the. Um, you know, I, I have this weird thing in my hearing, right? Where I, I really, really can't stand repetitive noises like sirens and beeping going on. Absolutely drives me insane. But when it's game music. Like, you know, the Pac-Man theme tune, wacka, 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 or Dig Dug music or whatever. I really get on with that. And I, I end up singing it and in my head and humming it for ages, and it doesn't bother me. But actual annoying sounds like sirens and, and beeps and, you know, if like an alarm clock goes off. I've got to turn it off quick so it annoys me. But, yeah, this I, I'm completely opposite from you. I don't mind game sounds. I quite like them. And I don't like playing games with the sound off. It's weird for me. I, I can't, I just, I need those sort of audio cues when I'm playing the game. It's weird for me. Yeah, I kept I kept the sound on on this one because the nice. tune was nice. It, it was yeah, it's good. Yeah. Now, as usual, there's usually an implausible backstory, but this time there isn't one. But I do think the name is a mistranslation. So the game's called Tinkle Pit, right? Which makes no sense. It sounds like a euphemism for a toilet. Yeah. But your protagonist mm. in the game, the one-player person, it's called Pit. And if you play a two-player game, the other character is his sister called Patty. And your weapon companion is called Tinkerball. So the game really should be called Tinker Pit rather than Tinkle Pit. Sounds like they've got it mixed up somewhere because it is a Japanese-only game as well. And also, in the Japanese language, they don't really pronounce L's. So it would be Tinker Pit rather than Tinkle Pit. I don't know. That would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. Tinkerball, as in, as in Tinkerbell, Tinkerball, not Tinkle. Yeah. Hmm. This so, is the real backstory. There is a real backstory. Go on. There, there was, there's about two or three different versions of this, I think, maybe because it's translated from Japanese. But this is the one I reckon's right. The players must control Pit and Patty, two inhabitants of the fictitious Tinkerland, who are on a mission to save save it from the evil demon Maul. Maul. Maul which transformed all of its characters into statues. They must make their way through eight worlds. Two are based on other games, Toy Pop and oh, and Emeraldia. There you go. Collect items. Those are the second world and dolls, which was... which. Oh, yeah, that's, that's talking about those two things. The eighth world, and there are fellow Tinkerlanders statues and killing enemies, which, which include Hetai, 
Pukas and Figars with their Tinkerboard before coming face to face with Maul himself for the final battle who for the first two phases has an infinite amount of blinky clones at his disp disposal. Once you have drained his energy for his initial demonic form, he shall transform into an evil black-shaped purple clone of Pit with a one-eyed black Tinkerball. And you have drained his energy for this form, he shall transform into a one-eyed bat. Once you have drained his enemy again. There's two... There's two it, it says stage 23, it ends. It doesn't. There's another... No. Yeah, that, that you, is the mid-boss. You kill um, him and then there's a another boss. Yeah, on. and true to form in boss things, on the very last level, which I got to, level 48, I didn't really get... I just watched mm. a video on it of someone really good playing it. Um, on level 23 is the first mini-boss, which is the one that comes after you if you take too long. But the very end is the proper boss, and it changes into like three or four different forms as you finish them off. It takes a while to do it. But this is not a, a hilarious name for a toilet. Leslie Nope from Parks and Recreation owns the best slang for a name for a toilet, which is the Wiz Palace. <laughs> this is fact. So, you didn't watch a YouTube for gameplay hints. You worked it out all for yourself? Yeah, I thought, why not try that? Why not just for, for once go back to the pre-internet days and try and work it out for myself? How did that work out for you? I, f I think I did really well. And then I got so far and I was asking Mr. 20 to 5 for tips. So you were still cheating, basically? Not until the last few days. So I 100% looked on videos to watch it. And I also <laughs> asked Mr. 20 to 5 how to play the game. So I did both of those things you did. I, I just asked him how if I'd missed any bonuses because I, yeah. I was getting the bonuses there are so many in this game so many so in short it's a maze game rather like Don't Pull or Spatter and we reviewed those on 10 Pence Arcade Podcast 16 and 114 so you control Pit if you're player 1 or Patty which is player 2 in a simultaneous game play 2 players at the same time you move around an ISO kind of maze on a static screen and have to collect eight items for each level. Each level is called a game. You are chased by enemies, some from popular other Namco games. Items and enemies change as the game goes on. You start with yummy red apples. The collectibles start off as smaller items and grow into the full-size items you as you collect the others. The larger, riper items gain you larger bonus points. Contact with any enemies or getting hit by any of their projectiles or flamed by a fire will remove one of your lives. To complete the level, you must kill off all the enemies. That's all you have to do. But if you get all the items, you get a decent end-of-level bonuses. If you leave one enemy, you'll try and run away and escape, rather like the last one in Dig Dug. This can mess up your bonus score. I'll talk about the bonuses later on. Sure. To defend yourself, you have a big blobby ball friend called Tinker. Tinker Ball. Following you around. Tinker is impervious to the daft enemies. Tinker is also tethered to you, so you don't lose him while sh shopping for new slippers. You press and hold your first action button to make him hang about. You can wander off for as long as you like and Tinker will hang fire. When you release your button, the blobby fool shoots back to you knocking out any hapless enemy twerps in the way. This is both satisfying and a fun way to earn points. The more enemy chains, the higher the bonuses, rather like other little-known Namco game, Backpan Pac-Man. You get 100, 200, 400. No, 100, mm -hmm. 200, 800, 1600 in Pac-Man, don't you? Mm. And the same kind of thing goes on with more enemies. You get up to 7650, seven, which is the Namco number. You also collect something called popcorn, which is the yellow ball. There's two on each level. This acts exactly the same way as the power ball in Mr. Do. 
you lob this with the second action button. So the only thing you use the second action button for, the first one is to hold and keep your ball still, and then you let go of it to let him come after you. If you stay around the, too long on a game, not a level, and a spooky hate back closes in on you, you can block it with your tinker ball. Oh, I didn't know that. I was doing that just recently. Oh, you bugger. He was coming at me, and he, just, I, he kept stopping when he hit the ball. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't really leave the levels long enough to get the bat after you. So I only saw it a few times. Yeah, I was trying to group the baddies and get them. I'll, I'll yeah, absolutely. There are two boss fights in the game, level 4 and 48. One's a robot weirdo, shoots holes in the floor. When he dies, a load of enemies pop out of him and hop off the screen onto a pentagram three. Evil! It was some strange Japanese story. Level 48 is Dark Tinkle. He chases Hero Tinkle around the maze with his own power ball. Kill him, then he metamorphoses into a huge hit bat. A hit bat's me. Game ends after you defeat him. Useful power-ups. These are the best ones. Training shoes in the middle of the screen. Faster Tinkle. They're called Blue sneakers. Ta- oh, they're, not, they're not called training shoes. No, they're called sneakers. Because you, you usually sneak more than you train. Fact. Ah, ah. And blue tyre gives you a faster retracting tinker ball. That's handy. Very handy. Right, this is where you get the massive points. I yes. Could get, I could get, without looking at YouTube, I could get 100,000 on the first two levels. Yeah, easy. Big bonuses collect all eight of the big items, not the small items. So say if it's, there's the tomatoes, you collect the big ones and not the small ones. One small one messes up your bonus. Ruins it. You don't get the 20,000 extra. Yeah, you're 20,000 for a perfect. Mm-hmm. Kill multiple enemies in one go. Kill all enemies in a wave. Not quite all enemies. All the enemies that are out at the time. Because sometimes when you kill all the enemies, you get the big bonus. A couple more come in afterwards. Yeah, but you don't have to kill you, them at the same time and you won't get a second bonus either you only get one bonus for that you only get one bonus and a little one will drop which it, is it drops exactly where you were when you killed them all off so don't move around too much grab that otherwise you'll miss it so you, you've got to keep keep two guys alive because if you keep one guy alive when you're trying to do this the other one will run off screen and end the level yeah so any, any anything you're trying to do try and keep two guys alive and unless you unless you so you get all the things you need, and then, then you get this big bonus. But if you can get the 10,000 bonus, and then on the second level you can kill all the enemies in one hit again. 20. 20, 30, and Mr. 25. Mr. 25 was getting 100, 100,000 yeah. per level. That's where the big points are. But you can get 20,000 for collecting all the big fruits or the big toys or the big robots or whatever. Yeah. But it's so hard when you collect it. Some of them, you collect say like a big tomato and there's a small tomato next to it and it morphs into a big one but if you run too quick yeah. you collect the small one mm-hmm. that's that's a thing have you noticed as well that the the flag that comes down with the bonuses on it is from rally x yeah there's loads of stuff in there yeah so here are the characters from other namco games so it's the high tie not hentai pervs we don't know that tentacle stuff going on here uh which are toy soldiers from Toy Pop, which we looked at in Ten Pence Podcast One One Six. You got Pookas and Fire Guys, obviously from Dig Dug, one of my favourite games. Ten Pence Arcade Podcast Thirty. These have the same characteristics from Dig Dug, so the Pookas can ghost themselves through the walls of the maze, like they do in Dig Dug through the dirt, and the Fire Guys can breathe fire through the maze walls, just like they do in Dig Dug. You got Blinky clones on that last level, which I never got anywhere near 
which is the red ghost from Pac-Man. These turn on the last level for the boss fight. It's just loads of them come out of the corners every time. There's some items and power-ups from other Namco games as well. There's bonus dolls on stages 5 to 10, which you mentioned earlier from Toy Pop. Uh, the Penguin Blizzard, which I played tonight and got it from Emeraldia. This is a powerful kill-everything-on-the-screen weapon. So it turns into yeah, blocks of ice, and he'll shatter, and they get killed. Uh, Ms. Pac-Man Pac-Attack turns the players into Pac-Man and Ms. Pac-Man and the enemies into the vulnerable, scary blue ghosts. You can eat the baddies just like in Pac-Man, Ms. Pac for bonus points. I never saw that one, though. Uh, the Dig Dug Rock, when you get that. Rocks crash down the screen, take out all the enemies. Uh, bonus flags and special flag from Rally X is a bonus for killing all enemies in one go. And after 500,000 points, the special flag, the S, will net you an extra life if you ever see that. Yeah, that's the only time I think you can get an extra life on the game. Yeah, so these... So you stuck with your three lives. These next one, I won't read them all out because there's 47 of them. But these are hidden bonuses from other games. Um, when you walk over secret positions in the maze, they turn up. So you get the orange Barabo from Warp Warp. You get um, some of the characters from Gapler, some Bosconian and Gallagher. You Zee, get yes. some stuff, even from like Libble Rubble, which is quite an obscure Namco game. You get... Um, uh, Bell from Pac-Man you get uh, Galaxian you get the Baraduke you get QTQ which was 1979 Namco game you get all loads and loads of characters from all their different games from over the years there's like 47 of them here have you also noticed when you put your name in the high score table a number of a number of different female characters run down the bottom almost like a timer they sort of run towards the end and like a timer so it gives you enough time to put your, your name in these Girls are also from former Namco games. Rolling Thunder 2, Wanda Momo, Barabo Man, Newman Athletics, and Valkyrie no Denzetsu. They're all female characters from those games. They run by. If you know, I don't know if you know this, if you just put all A's in. If you put A's. all of any letter or any character in and press end, it comes up with random games from Namco. So they're using their back catalogue again, even in the high school tables. Yeah. I like this a lot. I like it when a company pays homage to their older games i love it i really like that about this game so tips and secrets if you charge up your tinkerbell and get it really long it becomes electrified and stuns the baddies and you can walk through them when they're stunned and also when you let go of the ball you can get 7650 every single one of them but i'm not sure how you trigger that you get mm-hmm. big big bonuses for that you can pattern some of the earlier levels. I found that. I think you can pattern all of them, but I'm not that good to do all that on 48 levels. No, I think it, it sort of gets a bit random later on. But you can you can kind of pattern them. But I didn't. I, I played it a lot, but not enough to learn the levels. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not good at that sort of stuff, learning levels and, and remembering stuff. See, I wrote this before the next bit, right? I thought I put, I think this game may have other hidden bonuses and stuff, a bit like Bubble Bubble. They're so not quite the, as convoluted as Bubble Bubble because that is yeah. you've got to know everything on that game to get all the bonuses on that one. So there's three links here we can link to. There's the there's the strategy strategy wiki version of Tinkle Pit, which is very his, very good. Arcade Histories version of, and then there's World of Long Play, which is the playthrough on YouTube, which is about forty minutes to go through a game. I so, watched that one, and I think they were cheating on that one because there's times when they're getting hit. Yeah, one do. of them I watched, but another one I watched, which I'll try and link on the show notes, is a Japanese player, and they completed the whole game without cheating. You can see they're not cheating, and they got 21 million points on it. 
that world of long plays, they've always got a disclaimer. So this this uses this game uses. Yeah, they safe are honest. State. They are honest about it. Yeah, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they do. It does say you know we're using help to do this or whatever. Right. This is two interesting things I found on the cutting room floor site. Oh yeah. This game was possibly developed as a game to celebrate to celebrate Namco's 40th anniversary at the time. Oh, which makes, that would make sense, wouldn't it? With all the guest appearances. But Namco was founded in 1955, and this was 1993, so it's not quite 40 years. Yeah. And also, in on the cutting room floor, yeah. by changing the value of whatever at the title screen, it, it will add... An additional line to the copyrights saying MTJ slash Tenjin Limited. MTJ is short for Mitsuju Fukio, the developer of Bubble Bobble. Right. So, oh. And I was on about this has got loads of secrets like Bubble Bobble, and I didn't know. Yeah. And so it could be. It, it, could, it could be sort of. That is interesting because the last podcast I listened to by They Create Worlds is talking about Namco and also Atari um, and Tengen was basically Atari for the home they started mm-hmm. up that so they could release more games I think for the NES so maybe it was going to be released in offshore from Japan by Atari and that's why it was in there and they didn't get the license in the end or something mm. that is interesting Hmm. The graphics and sound of this game are, in my mind, brilliant. The graphics and sound in this game are excellent, colourful, and have some great effects. The tunes are cutesy and well done. They really fit the game, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Brilliant graphics. This is the only game, like I've said in ages, I've had the audio running constantly instead of switching it off and listening to dub techno. Oof, 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 Why would you do play? that? Why would you do it's, that? It's, it's awesome. It's so chill. It's chill, baby. I think Cabin it's because it you need punishing. That's why. No, not really. Not again. <laughs> Covering it out. Nout! There's nothing. Nothing at all. But no, Gal- it was a get- kit, wasn't it? I don't know if you even know if it was a kit. It's Galloping, hmm. Galloping Ghost made a custom marquee for the cab. And then I found this marquee that I've put it here. It is really pretty, isn't it? We'll have to put it on a show yeah. notes. It's a lovely little arm. And the characters do look like the bubble ball. They've got the bubble ball eyes, haven't they? They have. And the, the yeah. sort of strange, um, sort of like quite wide faces like bubble ball hmm. Hmm. if you like this game which you should do and you liked our uh, opinions of it have a listen to pie factory episode 16 where they did tinkle pit as well i think they liked it as well there is a similar game which i've got onto before and i can't remember what it's about sesame mile smile we haven't yeah, you- actually played it have we yeah we did it we did it when we went to illinois Podcast 122. Oh, okay. it, it was the featured game when we went to Chicago. And I had a quick play of it. You, this that this one, you go around the perimeter of the maze. You can't go in. Right. And then your, li- your little balls, your little tongue snake out into the maze to yes. collect stuff. And yes. then back again. Now I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember it now. A bit yeah, like Antita. Santita, a bit like that, isn't it? Yeah, this game really reminded me of Don't Pull. Mm. Which is a Capcom game, which is on Three Wonders. It's the sort of it's, it's a very similar game to Pengo or Pirate Ship Hugo Maru, and it's 
I wouldn't be surprised if people worked on that game also worked on this game. There's lots of similarities to the graphical style and the, the cutesy play and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's it's similar to a bunch of games we also like, which which mm. is a good thing. Also, another trivia thing: the number seventy six fifty, which is the the Namco number we call it, is a goase. It's a Japanese wordplay. It sort of translates the word Namco using kunyomi and onyomi readings. It's to do with numbers and sounds that sound like numbers. So it's the first like part of Namco, and it works out. It's like a wordplay. The Japanese do it a lot, and I don't quite understand it. But when I read it, it made sense. Uh. We got some scores. We got lots of scores. I think universally this game was liked. Yes, I think there's a, a couple of people not so keen on it, but most people have enjoyed this game. And they were wrong. <laughs> they were wrong to dislike this game. All right, got you. From number one, from the bottom to the top, ticket to the from the bottom to the top. Boo 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 boo. Mick Bass. 92,530 points. Basil the Sane. Basil the Sane, who likes banana biscuits for some reason. 106,620. And he says, not my thing really, but entertaining in short bursts. That's a short burst. Don Gratton, 108,930. Tinkle Pit is not my kind of arcade game. As long as I beat the default score, I am satisfied. Next game, please. Ding, ding. Virgil's auntie, not his uncle, his auntie. 124,480. Mr. Messi, 143,760. Tinkle Pit, not sure about these modern 90s games. Too, mm. fa- too fancy for my liking anyway. I've been on holiday, so I'll be getting the world re- set to right. I'll be setting the world record next week. God, I'll speak. Uh, Pilbo, 157,680. Garen Retro Schmupper. Pitch, pitch, pitch. He shoots you in the past. Shoots you back to the past. 77,510. One Punch Ron, 178,660. And he says, Great little game I can't believe I've never heard of before. Sadly, got two cabs down, so playing on my GPI, and it feels a little slow. Could do with a Pi Zero 2 in there, perhaps. Mm. Shep914, 179,140. Airship Arcade, whoever they may be, 213,350. Majok, 215,710. Buttons from Cinderella, 216,910. Rob DC, 217710. Zestora, 261160. Andrew Driver, 266870. J Ping Barber, 311750. Tinky Winky, not add much time on this one, but it looks a good risk and reward type of game. May play some more and have some time. Can't wait for the next podcast. Matt Neo MK, 317,060. Not much time to play this hidden gem. Never played it until this week. But how can you not like it? It's a modern mashup of Dig Dug and Mr. Do in a way, in a way with elements taken from both. Not normally my snark style, but I really like it. Yeah, well summed up. Uh, Chris K. June, 319,980. James Wise Mids, we had a few beers with at the Nergathon. Uh-huh. 325,940. I'm enjoying this one. Cute graphics and a maze equals win. Andrew M45, 330,680. Ivan Storm. He's in a storm. What kind of storm is it, Vic? Is it a hurricane or a tornado? Get is on with it, Storm. Is there a difference? There'll be a storm on your face in a minute. <laughs> 424,380. Uh, me. 446,120. I've got that tonight as well. 
Ooh, just ahead of you is Mr. Oh, Tronas. Oh, God, if I'd known that, I'd have pl played a bit more or lied. 448.590. And you, sir, is above him as well. So that's one bit of a, a win. 467,210. Oh, yeah, I did all right. I did all right. I, I wanted to get above 400,000. Yeah, I'm it was now, quite I, easy, though. Most of the games I played after a while was getting more than 400,000, and I worked out the bonuses. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think a million is sort of within reason if you played a bit more. Yeah, if you sort of got the angle of mm. you, you need to group the baddies and get them big, but then big flag bonuses. I Absolutely. Think. But if you die once, the flag bonuses goes down to one again. Ooh, boo. So that, that's the thing. Old man Steve for seventy seven twenty. Totally new game to me, and I love it. Easy to figure out bonuses, lots of recognisable characters. A great shout from the Pie Factory dudes, and both both are excellent guests. When I get the chance, I'll be playing a lot more of this one. Nice. Good. Jeremy Riley. 472,170. I might not get to play it a lot more before the deadline, so what a hidden gem. Simple concept, tight gameplay, and with a very clever scoring system. Enjoy. Yeah. Ross Ross, 479, 460. Good score. Uh, Sal Buglerisi, might have played this on the plane for all we know. 491,890. Sending this early because we're vacationing soon and I don't want to miss the deadline. Ah, so we did it beforehand. This was a fun game and one I would never have tried, so thanks for suggesting it. I feel like I could do even better with some practice. I'll definitely add this to my favourites list. Oh, that's good. Peter Paul Rock, we're getting into the good scores now. 513,650. Uh, Croco, 529.050. Tin, Brother of Bronze, 590.450. Mr. Bozoika, 606.900. Been playing Tickle Pit with the latest Tempe score challenge. Still can't decide if I like it or not. We've got a good score to like it. Yeah. Louis, well done, little Louis. Well done, Louis. 623.900. Good score. Uh, Rygar, 750,000 dead. Three quarters of a million. Oh, that's a lot more points than me. Mm. It's several more points. Here's Jimmy. 829,030. Let's face it, there is usually a good reason why most obscure games are obscure. So well done for finding this gem of a game. Unique mechanics that took a while to click, but so glad I stuck with it. It's a Bobby Dazzler. So this is the ultimate scores at the top here, the last three, because they're over a million points. Mark Happy, dude, one million... 110,140. I thought Tinkle Pit was a euphemism while listening to the Pie Factory podcast, but loved it when I found it only and only managed 800k the first time round. This time 1.1 million, but almost no bonus points, but killed by the final boss. The last two games I've loved. Now, I did tell him on Twitter that wasn't the final boss, that's only the mid boss. So only got to level tw only got to level 23. Well done. Mm. In second place is Mr. Neil, 20 to 5, with 1,562,350. He said, still to find a single fault with this amazing game. What a hidden gem. Amazing mechanics. Thanks for the introduction. I think Neil gets the uh, fan of the month for this game. He loved this game. He really liked it. Mm. But at number one, who beat him by a short way, Cheeky Blighter bit Dig Dug. 1.950810 points. That's a weird way of saying 1,950,810, isn't it? Mm. We'll just stick <laughs> with it. And he says, just managed to beat my world record score out of nowhere. 
I've been playing again for a couple of weeks and couldn't seem to get back into the groove. I wouldn't have said that was a world record score because the person I saw on YouTube got 21 million and finished the game. So I'm not sure about the world record score there, but still a very good score. Yeah, the world record score on on Orcade, which is a real real cab, is 1.3 million. Is that all? Yeah, on because these people have beat it on Twin Galaxies, which is Mame, is 1.4 million. Ah, they need to watch this video of someone completing the game without cheating. 21 million points. Japanese player, very very good. Have a look in the show notes, kids. It is possible, isn't it? Because you can, yeah. really, if if you if you do it perfect, you can be getting like five hundred thousand a level. Yeah, yeah, easy, easy. So this is our, our sort of added bits to it. Um, the game is really good. I don't think you can really improve it that much. But the pop call Powerball, the second button you use, is a bit redundant. I didn't use it very often, but I suppose it is useful if your blob is miles away. You get you're getting your chain up really long. An enemy pops out in front of you. You can just get him with the ball. Press at the same time. Yeah, sometimes. But other it's, than that, I never used it. I hardly ever used it. Other, but I think that's the idea. When you're good, you use that as a get out of jail free card kind of mm. thing. I said changes uh, more extra lives. I know there's one at five hundred thousand, which Mister Twenty to Five explained to me. But I, I, w- I would say if you got one at say. 200, 400, 600, something like that. Yeah, it'd be easy for us lot, wouldn't it, on the lower end of the scale to get. Yeah. Yeah. This is usually annoyer and joy, but since I've been watching a lot of Letterkenny lately, which is a Canadian comedy show, you need to watch it, we're going to give it a can confirm or a hard no. For me, can confirm. It was a good little game. Awesome nods to other quality Namco games. Colourful and fun. I liked it a lot. Quite a good little game. I like it. I like it. Mine's mine's a CAD confirmed too. A great little game with lots of depth and a lot of thought gone into the gameplay. Mm. What with a bonus system and extra bits and pieces. A great homage to Namco's history up to that point. And so unusual, right, to release a maze game in 1993. I had a look through MAME and Mm. I could only find weird ones. There's one called Pastel Island, which was this weird isometrics thing. And super toffee by obscure developers. I can't find anything else, any of the maze games, because this is late. But I yeah. think I think there's something in that where it's like supposed to be like a tribute to. Yeah, but it really works, doesn't it? To like a Namco 40th anniversary or whatever. Yeah, it would work perfect for that. I mean, look how many look how many Pac-Man games come out after that in those newer cabs, the, the mm-hmm. class of '81 and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I, I think it was really good, especially for the time. Absolutely brilliant. They've used the the hardware to really good effect, and it's only a sixty-eight thousand. It wasn't like super duper hardware, but still good. And they've done a really good job with it, I reckon. Yeah, I've, I've put at the end here. I think it's almost a perfect example of, of a risk-reward risk ele- element in an arcade game. Yeah, which it works well in a game like that. You can go through, you can group them. If you keep grouping them, you're going to get mega points. Or you can just keep shooting everything and get, and get to like level 30 with no points. Think about this carefully, Sean. The last word, go for it. I would play, instead of this, spatter which was another unique maze game, scrolling maze game, this one, which I promise one day I'll get back into because I loved it. It was really your choices, it. wasn't it? And it was quite a good yeah. little game. Good little choice, that one. 
you could bounce the maze walls. You could yeah, something twang yourself you. around. You could, yeah, it was excellent. I've got to get back into that. For me, the last word is play, don't pull. And I am pretty sure I said earlier that some of the develop must have worked on these games. There's so many different quirks and just game styles and elements to the game, which I think must be from some similar developers, surely. Um, watch the video of a Japanese player finishing the whole game without cheating and getting 21 million points. Secrets and bonuses are plenty. Have a look at that, kids. Mm, yeah, it's very, very good. Loved it, loved mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. one I will carry on playing. Yeah, same here. Next show's game. So, what have we got? And it's I'm choosing it because I'm back. And I'm, I'm putting back. my foot down. I'm pulling rank. <laughs> I'm choosing this one. Yeah. And we're going to go for... Ketsui. Yes. Well Guzzler. Done. Guzzler. It's a maze game. It's janky. It's old. It's a maze game. i got a feeling it's Tekkan. Like Guzzler, Tekkan, yeah, 1983. The ROM is just Guzzler, G-U-Z-Z-L-E-R. Standard settings are bonus life, lives three, bonus life at 30,000 and every 100,000 after that. Uh-huh. And, and difficulty easy. Yes, please. That is MAME standard settings. And I like this game a lot. I've just, I played it for about 10 minutes, looks all right. It's good. You, you're a guy, I won't spoil it, but you've got water and there's fire coming at you. Yes, but it's a maze like game. A, bit like a fireman stuck in a building, but he's, he's got... With monsters. With flame monsters coming at him. Ooh. Oh, he might be all right, flame. he might not. Flame. <laughs> right, so play that, kids, and submit your score. Arcade ROMs only, please, on emulators or a real board, if you're lucky enough to have one. Uh, no scores from console or computer compilations, if there even is any for this game. They're not quite the same. Uh, ha- Twitter is hashtag 10p score, 10psCORE. Sidekick app in the 10 pence club section, which is a really great app if you haven't got it already. You can email to the site, vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. Facebook as a comment or the fa- on the Facebook post, yeah, UK VAC, and anywhere else you can find us. Deadline for score submissions is Monday, 5th of September, 5pm UK time, please. Anything else you want to add, Sean, before we depart for our no, dinners? It's, it's very good to have you back, Vic. I've missed you. Thank Even you, though sir. The other, the other guys are very good as well. It has been average. <laughs> <laughs> it's been lovely. And uh, I hope everyone enjoys playing Guzzler. And I will talk to them and yourself in one month's time, roughly. Thank you, and goodbye. Thank you, kids. Goodbye. 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 You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 